Are you praying? Now, this is not the message this morning. I just got to say, I got to don't say one way or the other. You know, the revival will never be birthed unless we pray. Are internally, I'm asking you, are you praying? Are you spending the time that he's asked you and asking him continually to increase that? As Homer said Wednesday night, leave the dishes, they'll wait. Paint the barn some other time. He'll give you grace to paint the barn. We need a whole lot of Marys right now. We need a whole lot. Of, what about Martha? Jesus would have, somebody had to do it. No, no, no. Listen, you think the man that went through 40 days of fasting would have complained if lunch wasn't? Somebody said, well, I bet Jesus appreciated Martha. Yeah, he did. But listen, if she'd have sat right there and got done and said, he wouldn't have said, where's lunch? Why wasn't somebody? <laughs> a man that will go 40 days on water, do you think he's going to complain that lunch isn't ready? Besides for that, a man that can feed 5,000, <laughs> he'd have just said, I can show you how to bypass all this work. Let me show you how supernaturally your father can provide for you if you'll be a Mary. He'll speed it up. He'll multiply it. My God, I'm begging you, all of you that are close enough, because you're going to get some distractions like things to do list and all kinds of, the barn needs painting. The uh, I've not done this at home for years. We're in a project right now, but I can promise you with everything, if fiber from the head of, top of my head to the soles of my feet, it's been birthed. And it's not taken away one moment from my prayer time. I won't let it. I don't care if a project lasts me 40 years. I won't let something take away from my hours of prayer. And my wife will testify. In the same way, whatever yours is, whatever he's asking you to do, this is to the intercessors. This is to people that have, can carry the weight of it. Spend. I need, I need the Mary in you right now. At times I'll need the Martha in you, but I need the Mary in you right now more than anything else. We've got to birth this. We've got to birth it. It's got to be birthed. It can't be birthed with with a lot of hard work, it's got to be birthed in the Holy Ghost in prayer. Hallelujah, Jesus. And while I'm on it, and I'm preaching to me, all of us, watch your appointments on Sundays after work, I mean, after church. Like, man, it's a good day. Praise God. We were going to meet at 1230 someplace at 1. Well, we'll get where we're no more than just the church that has two or three services to consolidate or to... I mean, just because we have one, if one, you've already made so many appointments that he can't move. i got to be there. It's in the crock pot. we got to get there. We had plans, and we got to be there at 1230, 1 o'clock. You tell me, how is he ever going to move? past that 
Well, he'll move. No, no. He moves on your authority. And if your heart is, uh, you're, okay, I'm listening, pastor, and oh, praise God, we're worshiping, but there's something inside of you that's like, I, I got I to gotta hit the parking lot. At, now, there'll be sometimes, you, I, know, I know life, sometimes. But if you don't give yourself over to leaving these messages or these services open, open-ended, like, okay, we'll meet. But if, if he starts to move, don't be upset if I don't meet you at the restaurant. Don't be upset because the difference between me staying in his presence and me going someplace is all the world. Hallelujah. Glory. So we're going to have communion. We're headed towards communion this morning. We've got a lot to say. Uh, I've got to stick to notes. Uh, especially to get that done. But we're headed towards communion this morning and, and maybe over the next two weeks. It'll be unusual few weeks. I know it, uh, this week and next week, maybe I'll get everything done next week, but we're going to talk about, he's going to talk about prosperity in three realms. And for us to do that, you need to turn to Third John. Uh, that's in the back of the book, close to the book of Revelation. First, second, third John, Jude, and Revelation, so you'll be close to the back. Or if you're on your smart device, it's easy to just kind of bring that up. Hallelujah. So communion is coming, and as I said, over the next possible few weeks, possibly over the next few weeks, we want to talk about prosperity, God's prosperity in three realms that this is part one of those three realms. Third John chapter one and verse one. And we won't even probably go into chapter two today. How about that? That's an inside joke for those of you that understand. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I wish... Above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee even as thou walkest in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Again, verse 2, which is our key verse. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Okay? John's heart is a, a reflection of God's heart. John said, I wish above all things. Now this word wish, and we're going to cover a few words, and he said, I wish above all things. Obviously he's saying this is top shelf. This is top priority. The word wish I'm not even going to try to pronounce the, the, uh, the originals because you won't remember it and uh, I, I will mess it up anyway. But the word wish is far more than just I wish upon a star. It is the word in the Greek which means by implication to pray to God or to pray or to wish a will. The word prosper, we'll go over about three or four words here in the Greek. The word prosper means to succeed in business. So we're going to talk about next week 
financial prosperity under this umbrella, this particular verse. The word health here is the word in the original that means to have sound health. For example, well-being in your body. It means also, it also means this in the Greek, it means uh, truth or sound doctrine. Or to be in health, to be safe, to be sound, to be whole. It comes from another word. I went a little more extensive in it. It means to be sound and to be whole. Healthy means to be sound and whole. The word soul here uh, that I, I wish above all things that I may prosper and be in health even as thy soul, how does he say it, prosperous? That thy, even as thy soul prospereth. The word soul here is the word suke, and it means just uh, that we have three parts. Quick, quick lesson. There's three parts to our being, and it's confirmed in many places in the Word of God. Uh, Kenneth Hagin used to say, I am a spirit. In other words, he identified first of himself as a spirit. I live in a body. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just uh, a turtle going down the road in a shell and the shell is my body and uh but the real me is the spirit man on the inside and i have or possess a soul he would say i am a spirit i live in a body and possess a soul now the word soul is the word suke it's the word where we get our word psychology or psychic and it really means the rational soul it's the word if you break it down where we get an understanding of the mind being able to perceive things around it, calculating, reasoning, the will, what you will and won't do, uh, and emotions, the emotions, it's the word suke. The word pneuma is the word um, spirit. And, of course, we've identified before in the past the word pneuma in the Greek is not distinguished between pneuma being Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit or pneuma being your own uh, human spirit. That is all identified in context. In other words, when you're reading the word and you see the word spirit, sometimes it should be capitalized. Sometimes it should be in a small case. The reason being is the word is the same. The word soma, S-O-M-A, is the word body. And uh, that's, we all have a soma, we all have a body. But he prefer, he, he's talking here about the prosperity of your uh, suke, your mind, will, and emotions, the, the part of you that has a, a mind, will, and emotions. God's will, that, uh, God's will is that you always prosper financially, physically, and emotionally. Always. Um, now, we can learn from God. We can learn from God in the midst of adversity, but adversity was sent but no adversity was sent from god to be your teacher do you understand that you can learn from in other words while you're going through stuff you better a lot of times you're digging in to survive well you'll learn but he didn't send it he's not the one that, the word tells us distinctly that god cannot be tempted nor does he tempt and we just have, we don't have time to teach every, you know, when you're listening uh, to a sermon or a message, there'll be one part of it, a lot of times a, your brain will pick out and say, well, he didn't say this about it. 
you can't say in an hour every part of everything that everybody's thinking and try to cover all those. I know, I know. Every, listen, if a teacher knows how to teach, he probably knows what you're thinking and he's probably got 15 scriptures on that. But I've got to go down one road and say this. It's always, we've, done, we've already, already taught this line on line. It's always his will to what? Heal. It's always his will to prosper. It's always his will for us to be in the emotional and mental health. God has an always. <laughs> He's an always. Uh, I'm going to say the word finance and you say it's always his will for me to prosper. Finances. Uh, physical. You're doing good. Emotional. Thank you. I will say this. You understand this. God is not fickle. He's not like you. He's not like me. But that's changing, right? We're not fickle. When the moment, when the moment, whatever you're going through, and we've all gone through stuff, when the moment or the season seems strange to you, in other words, this is, seems like a different, uh, God's, God's acting different. No, uh, when the moment or season seems strange to you, it is not God acting weird. What is it then? It's you in the moment, in the battle, or the circumstances around. Uh, the word says, Peter said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which has come to try you as though some strange thing was happening to you. In other words, it's like, oh my God, this is weird. I feel weird. My emotions feel weird. Don't judge that and say God's doing this or God's putting this on me. The Word says in James 1, 17, you don't have to turn there, I was, I'll read it. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness. In other words, whatever I knew him yesterday when everything was great, when the clouds come, he didn't send the clouds. They came. They come to test your ground. Oh, but pastor, God sends car wrecks, and he sends adversities, and he sends, oh, oh get out of here with that old devil stuff. You can't prove it by the word of God. Would you like it to debate? No, because I know so much more than you do that I don't even need to be talking to you. <laughs> I love you. Some of you need to know this. And I'll remind you. Paul said after the second admonition had enough have no more to do with them to somebody that is a debater now somebody sometimes will come with a uh, a real question and then they'll come back with a real but you can tell when they're wanting to debate and they don't even want to learn they're not humble enough to learn he said after the second time don't even try to Facebook them and try to help them. It'll waste your time and they don't want to learn. All they want to do is get across their point. 
Now, you know I'm kidding when I'm saying I know more. I'm just kidding. Because my desire is to be in a place of humility that I'm teachable. But don't come to me with your opinion. You better come in a real broken, contrite spirit with the Word of God. God has no mood days. He never gets in a mood. The Holy Spirit never gets stressed. He's not, listen, the Holy Spirit's not even stressed about uh, your weaknesses or the parts of you that need to be changed. He's not up there, oh God, I've been working with them. That's me. I've been working with them for years. and I, He's not stressed. Now I'll just read this to get to another point. 2 Peter 1, 3 says this, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us, what is given unto us? Exceeding, not just small, but exceeding great and precious promises that by these what by these what by the exceeding great and precious promises you might be partakers of what the divine nature in other words the promises help us to dip in and take advantage of the divine nature and all the promises that are there hallelujah through promises we have been made has been given to us uh, on God's part, there must be, there, there's been given to us on God's part these promises, but there must be a corresponding action on our part to activate the fulfillment of these promises. In other words, just because it's there in the Word, praise God, and because you're born again or spirit-filled, there is a necessity for us to, by these, reach in with a corresponding action to be a partaker of the divine nature and of all the promises. Um, just a, a couple of verses that we stand on. This is where we stand as a church and all of you that are watching. Heaven and earth shall pass away, Jesus said, but my words, Matthew twenty four thirty five. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Mark, or, or Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. By bread alone. Or man shall not live by opinion. Listen, if I can't show you in the word, then that's in my opinion. And you don't have to stand on that. But if I can show you line on line, in context, not, not me picking out a verse and then running over here and picking out a verse, like everything before and after that's not my opinion that's what we live on that's what we stand on heaven and earth shall pass away but my word shall not pass away and he answered and said it is written this is jesus man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of god hallelujah 
I think you need to just lift your hands with me and praise him for his word. Father, we stand, our whole, our whole desire, Lord, is to enter into the truth of your word, Lord. Father, this whole thing called outpouring a revival is based upon your instruction from your word to receive what you've handed out in these last days. And we give you all the praise. Thank you for his word. Just say thank you for your word, Father. Thank you for your word. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, what's our corresponding action to the word? Well, one, you've got to know it. You've got to read it. Then you've got to believe it. And then number three, you've got to speak it. You've got to, you've begun, you've got to begin to really put the word of God in your mouth if you want to see 1 John or 3 John chapter 1, <laughs> verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So we're going to have a corresponding action of communion with confession. So we're going to do some confessions here in a little bit. And uh, we're then we're going to have a corresponding action with those confessions, which is going to be communion. And we'll get to communion verses as, or scripture here in just a little bit. Let me go over this. It's very important. There is a fundamental, and I mean a real fundamental, difference between a miracle of healing and ongoing health. Okay. A great fundamental difference, truth-wise, not just my opinion, but you'll see what I'm talking about in a moment, about the difference between a miraculous healing, in other words, which you can receive in a grace line or I can pray for you or you can receive immediately by faith and your ongoing health, your day-to-day -day living and the health of your body. Uh, a miracle can happen, a supernatural miracle can happen instantaneously or it can be like, I've, I'm getting better. I'm getting better every day, and, and God will be involved in that. It can be instantaneously. I like the instantaneous. That's my preference. That's Jesus' preference. He never sent him away. There was not one, one time, I mean, he would, he would send him a well, go, go wash. But as soon as you get, you know, go wash the mud off your face. He didn't send those, uh, those thousands away saying, um, now, you know, the, the lepers, they would be healed as they went. They weren't out of earshot. They, it wasn't five days later. They were like, they turned around as they went. Like, they're 100 yards away. Hey, I'm healed. I'm healed. So talk about progression. Okay, I won't, I'll take progression, but I want my progression to get real skinny. <laughs> real, like, how long you been believing? Five years? No, that's too long. A couple of weeks is too long. This needs a, it needs to get. I'm believing God. Let's let's squeeze. If you're if you're a progressive healing kind of person, wonderful. But let's squeeze this thing into real close. Get it so tight it just happens instantaneous. Now, as far as I know, now there'll be there's a 
caveat here, but I'm not going to mention it so much right now. But as far as I know, um, all that is necessary to receive miraculous physical healing is faith. Faith. In other words, if we call a faith line um, for the people coming in that are being born again, it's just faith. I still believe and I know that the biggest obstacle for unanswered prayer at this point in time is just plain old, I want to say good, good old, but it's not good old, but it's just plain old unbelief. Why couldn't we cast him out? We've been doing it. I know, but it's your unbelief. I'll tell you, Jesus, I believed when I prayed. Disciples, he didn't come out because of your unbelief. There's still something down deep in there that still doesn't, still doesn't believe. But we're working on that. There were no qualifiers. Uh, I'm prefacing something because I'm going somewhere, but I've got to preface this so I don't, I don't take some rugs out from some people. Jesus had no qualifiers for his prayer lines. In other words, he didn't say, I'm going to pray for you. Or I'm going to go over to your house and pray. Yes, I'll go and heal uh, your daughter. Or I'll, but, but um, have they been eating right? Have they been working out? Have they been watching their diets? Uh, have they? The, uh, he didn't even go into um, the the moral life that they were living. But, but. That all was the world. Do you realize that Jesus never prayed for a fellow Christian? Never. There were, he never prayed. He never laid his hands on. He never spoke. Once you come into Christ, there's an accountability. Really, a lot of times we'll say, we got them, he, they got healed, and they're not even born again. Oh, yeah. Healing a lot of times will come easier to the sinner than it will to the Christian because they're not even accountable. Jesus had a totally unaccountable crowd. That's what we're calling revival. All those thousands coming in, unaccountable, getting healed, and then we're going to teach them how to live an accountable life. Now, there is an accountability that James talks about. We'll mention that in a little bit, but there's a provision he doesn't leave you out in the cold. So if you're accountable, not doing the things you need to be doing as a Christian, you can straighten all that out and come in and get healed instantaneously. In other words, you don't have to stand out there in the cold with your hat in your hand, spiritually speaking, saying, I've been living not so good a life, so he won't heal me. No, 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 he'll heal you. There's a provision for that. But there is also an accountability. Inside the church, there is an accountability, but there is a provision. Health is different than healing. Health is different than healing. Healing can take place instantaneous, but a lifestyle of health has to also be lived. Okay, And that's part of the accountability. The word health here, you know what the word, it's just soundness of, of mind and body and spirit. It just means well-being if you look it up in the dictionary. 
I've said this, but I'll read it from my notes again. God can instantly heal the body from a spiritual attack. Like that, that's, coming, that in, that's coming from a devil. You know, it's coming. Usually, you know what? It's not hard when they come in uh, uh, like bananas. Bananas come in bunches. And when there's like uh, four or five or six things coming at you, you, you know, wait a minute. Come on now. You're giving away your... It's when he likes to work, the enemy likes to work uh, in covert. Like he wants you to think, you know, this is just a natural sickness. And it can be. But when you've got like seven, seven different things, <laughs> they're fighting you. It's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is, uh, this is a spiritual attack. You know, and, and God tells you to go do something and you plan on doing it and you start into it and all of a sudden the body just boom all kinds of junk come on you 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 grown up past wondering what that is you know what that is but at the same time there can be natural like covid you know there's no like there's no little tiny demon that goes over and touches somebody with COVID. you know it's just a disease it's just in the air it's just you can medic uh there's natural things there's genetic things that your people are more prone to but you can change that through the word of god okay um god can instantly heal the body from a spiritual attack injuries genetic traits and diseases that have come on the planet and you could go etc etc on and on and make a list but he cannot override Listen to this. He cannot override somebody's will that continually transgresses wisdom concerning their eating habits, lack of exercise, rest, lack of rest, or general nutrition. He can't override that. When I say the lack of bodily exercise i'm not talking about you joining a gym but i can tell you this your body works just like a sinner's body you didn't get a new body no you have exceeding great and precious promises that's a plus so you do have a you do have an advantage okay you do have an advantage but why take away the advantage by, by doing things or not doing things, well, pastor, I know, I know, I know, I know. Can I quote it for you? I, I got your verse. I got your verse. Let me quote your verse that you're, when I said bodily exercise. Bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Okay. <laughs> you do know that when Paul wrote that to Timothy, he was also talking about the Ephesian games. And he was saying, Timothy, these guys that exercise excessively, that can't, you know, these, guys, these are training for Olympics. That mindset coming over into the church, bodily exercise will profit a little, but godliness is profitable to all things. Besides for that, there was no... Wendy's, McDonald's, fast food, 
no processed foods, no processed foods. Everybody walked everywhere. They walked everywhere. There was no vehicles. Well, they rode. No, everybody, most everybody in antiquity had no vehicles, no, no, you know, nothing to, no horses. Only the elites were carried around in a chariot. And, and, and if you study history, they were heavy people because they, you know, they were money people, but they were, a lot of them were heavy. Um, bodily exercise. No, I'm just, ta- I'm not talking about us becoming some kind of physical, listen, I'm just talking about you can't, you can't sit on the couch all day. You can't, you can't even live in a cubicle all day long. Even these big business, uh, big uh, corporations like Amazon and different ones, they are putting, you know, well, Mr. Bronze, you be bronze, I'll be brains. And we'll, no, listen, the, the, the brains work better. These big corporations, read about them. They are putting gymnasiums inside of their buildings. So at lunch break, that one-hour lunch break, and they put showers and, and so that their employees can run down there, get a workout that want to because they work so much better and their brains are working so much better through getting some kind of exercise. Some of you have physical jobs, and so that, that helps. So, The bodies of the saints will respond just like the bodies of the world when they're put under similar conditions. In other words, we think sometimes... Uh, so we're on, the, we're on the body this morning. You understand that? This is our application. We're talking about your physical body prospering. And we're talking about now not just you being healed. We're talking about health. Okay, health is different. And I, you know, we're not, there's no way, I'm not doing a health or nutrition s- seminar this morning. I'm just touching, skipping a stone across a very large lake. Um, to believe that as a spirit-filled Christian that you have an immunity in your health just because you're spiritual alone can be a great deception. That's a great deception. Besides, for what do us Christians do? We don't go out dancing or drinking, so what, would, what do we do? We get together, let's go eat. And we can eat. Let's, fe- let's feast. Well, pastor, I'm just going to believe God. Okay, let me, let's read this. James chapter 2. We've got to get on. James chapter 2, verse 14. This is faith without uh, works is dead. I'm, I'm going to say it like this, and I do not believe it's taken it out of context. Faith without wisdom is dead. Okay? James chapter 2, verse 14. He says, What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and not works, can faith save him? Well, yes, faith does save us. But not in the context of what James is talking about. He's talking about a faith, a work, a work that has to go along with. And even, listen, even when you're born again, you've got to say something. You've got to confess. Okay? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked or and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding... You give them not those things which are needful to the body. 
what does it profit? In other words, well, I'm going to believe for you, uh, but that's where my, and a brother, now I love the way Gary Carpenter says, he says, I'm not holding you accountable. There are going to be many people that are going to come by saying, and the Holy Spirit will say, nope. But the Lord said, I am, he said, I am laying you account, I will make you accountable, you're accountable for the, for the Lazarus that I put at your door. That, those are the ones. In other words, the Holy Spirit says, meet their need. A lot of times people, people want you to fix them, fix their life. They won't work. They won't, they won't do the stuff they need to do. They just want you to, and what, here's the deal. You help them this week, they'll be back next week. And they'll be back the week after. There's, they're bottomless pits. You'll never be able to, they always. So you've got to get a, an ear for he, hearing. Uh, so when James wrote this, it's always in context with you following the Holy Spirit. If one say depart and peace and be warmed and filled in verse 17, even so faith, if it hath no works, not works, it's dead being alone. And I'll say this, health has to have God's wisdom in your life, your obedience to the things that he's speaking to you. That's your own going. That's not a healing line. That's not me praying for you. That's not you getting instantly healed. That's a healing line or a health that lives in your body. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, what I do. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? In other words, just because, in other words, here's, here's my point this morning. We don't belabor on this all the time because ours is bent really heavily on the spiritual side. But here's the thing. If the Holy Spirit is speaking something specifically to you about your health and you're disobedient, all of saying, well, I'm spirit-filled, I worship God, I'm a great worshiper, I cry in the mornings, listen. But if he's speaking something to you and you disobey not doing that, He's not going to cross over your disobedience and bring health to your body. Do you understand that? It's, he's not a catch-all. He doesn't just catch. Oh, come on, somebody. Give me. But wilt thou, O vain man, that uh, know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? This, that was 20, 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was made, or was faith made perfect. In other words, it was, came to maturity, was complete. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then, in other words, based on what he just wrote, uh, uh, James wrote, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. So there has to be a corresponding. Likewise, also Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers 
had sent them away, has sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. In other words, there has to be a corresponding action. In a moment, we're going to have the corresponding action of confession and then also receive uh, communion. Let me, let, me talk, let me say this. Let me see if I can get this across. And I, I know I can because you're real smart and you're spiritual acclimated. So much in the church, so many people in the church, uh, Dave, Pastor Dave used to call it, um, well, I'll say it like this. He would call it the white horse syndrome. In other words, you start praying. Uh, you pray in the Holy Ghost and you ask God and you say, Lord, you know, um, uh, I need a healing in my body. You start praying or I need finances. You know, I need a, I need a, you know, I need finances. List goes on and on. You start praying and worshiping God on a, or just ask him. You ask him and you somehow believe, not necessarily you, but Dave would describe it like this, that your request, you've got like, you've got this serious need in front of God. I need healing in my body. And people usually think that the way that God answers that, uh, or let's say a financial crisis or some other emotional crisis, that he just, they, they have this picture some, of some kind of instantaneously like, Answer my prayer, but leave me alone. <laughs> like, here he comes. The knight in shining armor. You know, this generation's, it's, uh, the Lone Ranger really won't work on these guys because they don't even know who the Lone Ranger is. But if you did, he's that masked man on a white steed and he comes riding up, riding up and they think, you know, I'm, I'm going to get my prayer, and it's instantly here. The Holy Spirit rides up. You know, Jesus rides up on, he'd said, the, the white steed was the Holy Ghost. And he'd ride up and say, oh, you need healing. Here you go. You need a million, or you need a bunch of money, sack full of money dropped off. And he, hi-oh, Holy Ghost, and away. That's not how it works. To get your life changed when you start praying he would say things like emotions he said emotions are not like a light switch they're they're not like he can come and just why because emotions are based on thought patterns they're based on lifelong thought patterns and uh, processes and for him to get your emotions he can get them to a stable point but he can't just come and flip them off and you just wake up the next morning and your emotions are forever changed. The reason you can feel a touch sometimes, but the reason why you got to where you were is because you entertained strongholds and thought patterns sometimes for years. Now, once you start praying, emotions can't be flipped off. They can be turned. And it, that takes some time. It's like a big old battle cruiser, a big old carrier going in the ocean. Once you start requesting and confessing, it's not like he can come up in a moment's time, change you, uh, change the situation, and leave you alone. He's got to see, sweetheart. You're part of. You're a major part of the problem. 
your late night feasting is part of your breakdown of your health. Then you start confessing, God, I call myself healed. I call myself healed. And wouldn't you know it, my God, you're confessing I call myself healed. And then some demon, some devil right out of hell starts coming to you and saying, you need to cut off fast foods. I rebuke you, you foul devil. I confess that where by his stripes I'm healed, my body's in health. And the next day, while I'm confessing, right in the middle of my worship, I call my, that's owie, my hurt goes, I call it, I call my health. And, and some devil, some devil out of the pit, I mean right out of the pit of hell comes and says, you need to stop all that or slow down all that processed sugars and intakes and greasy foods on a continual basis and pizza three times a week and, and, and this and that. And you're saying, oh, you foul devil. You're coming into my prayer closet. You get out of here. <laughs> the devils always leave when I start preaching. <laughs> they always... <laughs> <laughs> he helps me out. He's my buddy. <laughs> I confess myself. He doesn't. He'd love to ride up on the steed and change your situation. I need money. And some devil comes and says something right out of, I mean, just absolutely straight from hell. I need money, God, I... And, and some devil says, get a job. <laughs> you foul devil. Learn a higher trade. Go back to school. Develop yourself. No, I need you to drop it off. I need it to... To come in the mailbox, I need it to come. I need somebody at church to come up and say, here's a check or here's some cash. You know, some people come to church so hoping somebody will give them something. Why don't you come to church wanting to give something to somebody? Come to church, I've got my pockets full of cash and I'm wanting to give it away. Don't come to church saying, oh, wow, somebody... Over in the corner. I confess my needs, man, Jesus. <laughs> Somebody hear me. <laughs> Isn't it strange how the Holy Ghost will start talking other things? Because he's got to change you. He's got to change me. That's how it works. For somebody, a lot of times they'll write in, and I said, God, how can I, they got a list of 14 different, 15 different things. I'm like, I know they don't listen to our services because they don't, it's no foundation of line on line. It's like they want prayer and they want me to pray and all that to change. You can't. It can't because most of all that is based on doctrine. 
They are where they're at because what they believe. Dave said he, he stopped going into other churches. He just, that's why he sat down in his own church and started teaching because he'd teach, get all the people wound up for prayer and go back in a six months and nobody's praying. Why? Because if it's not coming from this, the pulpit, you, you just do no good to go into church and preach. I mean, you, you might get somebody saved. Thank God, hopefully they'll leave that church <laughs> if there's not sound doctrine. Because the doctrine that's taught affects the mind, and the mind affects the belief, and the belief affects how they believe about themselves emotionally and about they accept things. And if things don't change inwardly, they'll never change outwardly. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so we're passed by the grace of God, and here are the foundation of the white horse syndrome. In other words, I need a miracle. Wonderful. How much are you of, of the miracle needs to be you changing? Okay. Faith never transgresses wisdom. Okay. Faith never bullies wisdom. In other words, it's like, I'm going to believe. I don't care that I'm transgressing wisdom. I'm going to believe. Well, you're not going to, really. Now, we explained all that through the Holy Spirit about rebuking the devil that's not the devil but really it's the holy ghost um i'll read this proverbs 4 you can just write it down or listen proverbs 4 5 6 and 7 says get wisdom and get understanding forget it not neither decline from the words of my mouth forsake her not this is wisdom and she shall preserve thee, love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is a principal thing. It's a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all thy getting, get understanding. Now, healthy living is the wisdom side of faith. And I've got to put this in here. Uh, listen, just because also at the other side, you have to understand sometimes Real healthy living people, there's a f several things I could say. Just because a person's thin doesn't mean they live a healthy life. Do you understand that? You look at somebody and say, well, they're 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight. Uh, but look at me. I, uh, you skin, I've seen some skinny people, the worst eaters I've ever seen in my life. And there's no telling what's going on on the inside of their organs. So don't judge anybody. Don't judge me, as Homer says. Healthy living is the wisdom side of faith. Normal people, please understand this, normal people with a reasonable, just, and I would say all of us have some kind of a reasonable lifestyle, can still face attacks in their bodies, whether supernaturally or just from life circumstances. So don't get where, you know, oh, this has come on me or somebody else because they're not, you know, a healthy eater. Don't get into that mode. We're going to stay away from that mode. So every infirmity is definitely not caused by a failure of the individual to obey wisdom, but that does not negate the abuses in the body of Christ against their own health while they are standing in faith for change. Because that does exist. And that's what we're talking about this morning. Uh, vegans. Uh, Marty was telling me this morning about somebody, didn't call him by name, but just 
you know, just ate everything and just all kinds of, uh, you know, later in life stuff come on them. And they just ate perfectly. But that's still, you can't use that. <laughs> so I, I, um, as a runner, and, and at times when you get around people, that I don't even talk about it. You know, it's their cer- I, I don't get around people and, and boast or anything. I try because to each his own. If you want to do stuff, then good. A brisk walk two or three times a week will help you, okay? I'd like to take off on the beach and run four, five, six miles. That's it's just fun to me. And somebody said, that's the worst. I mean, why, uh, L.A. say, why, he said, what did he say? He said, why would you run unless somebody's chasing you? <laughs> and that's how I'll be. And I understand that. But, you know, there's nothing more enjoyable once you get your endorphins up and you just get that nice pace. Just keep on that. And it just... At the end, you feel so much better. Somebody said, I felt great before I started. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you got to do something. You need to do something. Psalms 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Uh, please, I invite you to read Proverbs. It, Proverbs is the greatest book I know of, one of the greatest books on the balance of, wis- of faith and wisdom. It just, they're married. They're a, they're a marriage. Uh, faith will not override wisdom. It won't push it around. Uh, closing comments before we get ready to receive uh, communion. But um, I will say this, fasting, fasting, um, covers a multitude of sins <laughs> uh it does you fast two or three days a week and uh uh it'll 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 help clean things up clean things out keep your weight down um we don't need to come to crisis to then say man i should have done this for years don't let crisis be our teacher. It's okay if, if we, because we've all come to crisis at times, but don't let, don't let the, oh man, I should have had a V8. <laughs> don't let the crisis be your teacher. Like, let's, let's do what we need to do before. James said this in James chapter 5, you can follow along because, James chapter 5, verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. That's a good remedy for affliction. Prayer. We're going to pray tonight. Anybody that wants to come at 6. We'll sit here doing just prayer, confession of the word. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is there any Mary? Let him sing psalms. We, we sang it this morning. What, wasn't that good? Is any sick among you? Here's the remedy. Let him call. In other words, we should be healthy. But a lot of times we face uh, infirmity. And sometimes you can't hardly get past it. You feel like yourself. Uh, and you want to call for the elders. Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him or her, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. 
And that does, I could teach a lesson on that and that we don't have to, we don't have to, somebody said, well, you're missing the, the main part, the oil. No, it's okay. And I can promise you, I can show you from scripture, we don't have to, to anoint. That was something that was an instruction, but um, it's the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith shall save or heal the sick. And what does he say? The Lord shall raise him up. And he, used, and he puts this caveat in here. He doesn't accuse. It wasn't an accusation. But he says, if, if, everybody say if. If he hath committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. The reason why he couples that is because the sin could have some effect. You understand that? If. But there's a provision. So if he sinned, uh, you confess the sin. Confess your faults one to another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now what if, okay, there's a provision, but let's just say this. Okay, that big crowd of no qualifications, Jesus never prayed for a Christian. You understand that. There was no Christians. Never prayed for a Christian. So he didn't never pray for a church crowd. No church crowd did he ever pray for. So they weren't accountable like you know to do and you're not doing, to him it is a sin. They, they weren't accountable. So he never had, but James says, if, little if, I-F, if they committed sin, uh, it'd be a good thing that before they're prayed for, they get it straight with God, okay? Now that's a provision. So we should be able to get everybody healed, Amen. But let's just let's just take for a moment the uh, the the other side just for a moment. What if somebody comes, Pastor? Pray for me, yes, sir. What do you got? This, 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 this. And they know. They know. That they're doing stuff in darkness. But they're not wanting, they're not confessing it before God and saying, okay, before I get prayed for or whatever, I want to get this straight. I want to make sure everything. They want to hang on to it. That provision then doesn't work. You understand that? In other words, pray for me. I'm not going to get straight with God, but I'm asking your faith to jump over and heal me, although I won't confess it before the Lord. That doesn't work. I, my faith for you as an elder won't step over your rebellion to say, I want to get it straight. You're standing there and you know in your conscience, I'm in rebellion in this area. And I know I'm not going to, I'm going to hang on to it. I just want my healing. I just want to feel better. That's not going to work. Does everybody understand that? Kenneth Hagin said, I believe it was his sister. He said she got cancer, and he prayed for her, and she got totally healed, totally healed. And then I believe it was one year, I think, I want to say one year, it might have been two. It's been a long time since I heard it. It was one or two years, she got it again, cancer. Well, he went to pray for her, he was going to go pray for her, get her healed again, and the Lord said, uh-uh. Don't pray for her. She's going to die. I'm going to receive her, but I'm not coming to heal her. She had 
a year, two years to get into the Word. She never did get in the Word. She never would get accountable. She never would go into God. He said, I'll, she's coming home, but I'm not going to heal her because she wasn't accountable. She wouldn't do what she needed to do, so don't go pray for her. Do you understand that? Do you understand that people sometimes know to do and they won't do, and yet they want you to come as an elder and do something for them? Now, what if she had been just a rank sinner? Come in. God had healed her. But then if she gets saved, she's supposed to be discipled. God said, no, I'm not. He said, Kenneth Hagin said, well, you healed her. Well, I'm not going to heal her this time. Because she's accountable and she wouldn't do what I asked her to do. Never would open the word. Never would pray. She just rested on what you did for her. So she's going to come home. She's mine. Well, thank God for that. But you know how much sickness is in the church because they're, people are resting on somebody else's. Like, pray for me. Now, this is the last place we need to go to. 1 Corinthians 11. I told you we had quite a bit. 1 Corinthians 11. This is the Lord's Supper. Verse 17. Paul said in this, he was writing to the church, and so much here I can't go into line-on-line teaching, skip over some stuff just to get to our main thrust or point this morning. Now in this I declare unto you, I, I praise you not, he's going to get on them, <laughs> that, you, that you come together not for the better but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. Dave used to say, believe it, Paul, believe it. <laughs> well, we're not in here, not in here in Jesus' name. Miss Gay will say tonight, uh, we're bound together as a threefold cord. And we'll, we'll speak that to the elders. We, we, we get along with each other as the Father works revival in our midst. Hallelujah. First of all, he said, when you come together, I hear there's division among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper, in other words, in the manner in which they were doing. For in eating, one taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? Like what? Have you not houses to eat or drink in or despise ye the church and shame them that have not? What shall I say? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. In other words, they weren't separating communion to a sacred place. In other words, they were just eating a big meal. You know, eating on a big old drumstick. Saying, I'm taking communion. And uh, in other words, it wasn't segregated, separated to its holy place of remembrance for he says i've received this instruction this is the instruction he received straight from jesus verse 23 that which was also delivered unto you he says for i have received of the lord that which also i paul gave to them delivered unto them 
that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do you in remembrance of me. Now, I'll tell you, this will work at home just as well as it will work at church. I encourage you, take it often at home, if you're, especially if you're fighting something in your body. After, or emotions. We're going to get on emotions next week. After the same manner also, he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This is what Jesus said to Paul to give to the church. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Well, so what are they doing? They were eating in a big festive way. They weren't truly investing in discerning. This element, this broken piece of bread, is, puts me in remembrance of his broken body, his stripes, healing for my emotions, healing for my body. I take it, I, can, I, I, will, vision, I will envision him being in, at the scourging post, being beaten. I try my best to see that. I see those stripes for, my, for the healing of my body. I'm trying to rightly discern, to look into this. Without that, there's no, uh, without that kind of faith and looking into it, you just eat it, drink it like it's a, a pop or a piece of bread or sandwich like a snack. There's no virtue in that. It's all by faith. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge, now there's judgment judgment this kind of like james for if we would judge ourselves we should not be judged in other words communion gives you an opportunity i love when i when i take the blood uh, i love to say lord if there's anything if there's anything oh i gotta step around in front just for a minute <laughs> got to get homer and i picked up a, a famous passenger from an airport one time his name was pastor dave roberson he was riding in the back seat, and we were driving along. And he was talking about how much peace he had, well-being, and health. And he said, the thing I contributed to is not having an offense against anybody. And he said, you know what? You can't even afford what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing and what I'm understanding. You can't even afford to be a little bit angry with anybody homer and i said oh oh in other words i got a right to be no he said don't let the sun ephesians says don't let the sun go down on your wrath get it settled well they didn't apologize what and what does that have to do with anything they were wrong and what does that have to do with anything Go ahead and give them on over to God. So why, why do you bring that up? Because living without ought or offense 
is, is more important than living healthy and eating the right foods. You can be a vegan and carry, you can have your carrot juice all day long and you're vegan this and you're vegan that and just, and just die of cancer one day. Because you were mad at somebody in the church. Or mad because somebody, you know, the partner took 50 grand on you. Now those things are initially worth getting angry over. Initially. But at some point you better put some calluses on those knees if necessary to get all that done. And get past it. Because you depend on, your health depends on it. And all these babies... My babies, Candy and I understood a long time ago, if something creeps into us, it'll creep into them. I don't like him, but oh, this is my Jojo, this is my main man. No, no, no. The same well, the same well, the same place that your uh, love for what's precious is the same place where you James says, bitter and sweet. Where you're cursing that other brother. Well, I didn't say nothing. No, but my God, your attitude shows it. You hugged everybody else in the church, but they just got a, they got a, a wimpy little noodle. I like them. Shake my hand and shake it off, man. Just put her there, buddy. I can take your best squeeze. Robert will give you a good one. Now, you ladies, that's all right. I like a man to shake my hand like a man. But that doesn't mean you're mad. <laughs> but you know when people are like, how you doing? Good, I'm doing good. Okay, good. I'm glad you're doing good, good, good. You better get that thing straight. Even that, as innocent as that sounds, you better get it straight. But I don't like you, Pastor. Well, I like you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're not going to take my help. I might get mad at you. You may do something to provoke me. But I got a prayer closet. I'll go get that thing straight. I'll stay in there until it gets off of me. If for no other reason is I don't want to get sick and mean and ugly like you. <laughs> <laughs> But when we're judged, he said, we're chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. In other words, the world's under condemnation. Sinners die of whatever because they really have no promise. We have promises. We should live to be very old and disease-free. All right, let's get ready for communion. Can we stand? Hallelujah. Did you have a good time? Did you learn something? That's the main thing. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah. So, uh, hallelujah. So, uh, Marty and Ralph or somebody, I just, um, can you guys move this? I like it. So, we don't practice closed communion in here. In other words, there's no membership. In other words, but the last part that I didn't read, um, 
he said, tarry. Um, tarry one for another. In other words, we're going to get your element, and then I will pray, and uh, you pray also, but we'll receive it together. I'll instruct you, and I'll pray a prayer over you, and uh, amen. So I know it's, it's a good crowd, wonderful crowd, uh, but it'll take a little time for you to do this. Those at home, hopefully you're ready. So let's go ahead and receive this. Come and get it, and then you can get back to your seat. Amen. Somebody might ask the question, what about little kids? It, let them all receive. It's a good way to start teaching. They don't have to understand. They just need to receive. Everybody served. Uh, if you can wait. Hallelujah. As Paul said, For I received of the Lord, this I received of the Lord, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he broke it, said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do you in remembrance of the Lord. 
people. Right now, Lord, we remember that this broken body is your body. I don't know what stripe that you took for me, but all of them were for me and for these and my children and my family and the family of the prayer center. Every infirmity, every infirmity was in your body broken. Oh, Jesus, I want to thank you for that moment. You were tied, tied waist high, bent over at the whipping post. Multiple stripes were laid upon you so much so that Isaiah said in 52 that your visual image was so marred you were unrecognizable you were unrecognizable to the point no one could recognize hardly who you were those stripes are for us I don't know what your infirmity is this morning I don't know it maybe it's an emotional maybe it's physical and emotional those are you to watching I don't know what your hurt is physically I don't know what maybe it's a disease you can also, as you're receiving this, believe that the faith that you're exercising for yourself, that God causes that faith to be ministered to others. Shannon Wilson, which is uh, Jacoby's dad, has been diagnosed with an incurable disease. It's like uh, Lou Gehrig's. Can't be cured by medicine. It can help it. Father, I'm receiving for myself and I'm believing for Shannon. We're receiving for ourselves and believing for our families. That by His stripes, and I want you to see that part of your body or part of your emotions or maybe multiple places being healed. We receive it. Let's receive the bread together in Jesus' name. We're going to live healthy, Lord. We're going to live healthy lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we receive those stripes. We receive the stripes. And after the same manner, he also took the blood and when he had supped, saying, this blood is the New Testament. This blood is the, is the covenant or the New Testament. The blood of the New Testament. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. Jesus, this blood is the blood of the New Testament covenant we drink it this morning in just a moment and it is that same blood that birthed us is also available to cleanse us if necessary now, I'm not conscious of any sin that's in my life but Lord if there's anything if there's anything if there's any offense that I'm subconsciously hiding or anything that doesn't need to be there I'm asking you to wash me I'm asking you to cleanse me 
I'm asking you to help me to forsake my, my sin and walk away from it. Thank you, Father. You're our healer. You're our healer. And if there is things that you want to speak to us about our bodies where we've been deliberately transgressing, then Lord, come and do that and forgive us. Wash us. We receive your blood in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for that, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You did real good and we did good. It's not much after 12. And the, the AC kind of held up pretty good with a whole big crowd. That's pretty good. Hallelujah. I'm expecting every single one of you to come back next week and bring somebody. <laughs> Where we put them, I don't know. Hallelujah. God bless you. I pray you had a wonderful time. We'll see many of you tonight. Amen.